cliffcentral.com Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com Bonjour, salam, jambola, saubona to all of you and welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Liz Ogumbo Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in to our Fashion Lab again. Now, today we're going to be talking trend conscience, uh, um, whether it's from a fashion perspective, social perspective, politically constantly on their toes, coming up with collections for different seasons each season. Now, as you may know or you may have heard, for those who've been listening to the show for a while, I'm not really a fan of trends. However, I'm very conscious or aware of the fact that trends exist. And because obviously I'm in business, I have to also care um, about about them. What I do with it is entirely up to me. And I think that, you know, it should be the same for you as well. Now, there's a variety of trends that affect the way you and I should actually operate as businesses, which includes fashion trends, social trends, political trends, landscape trends, whatever other trends they may be. But we have to just kind of keep up uh, with the world and what's going on and what's moving. Um, so if you feel the same way, you know, I always say you can't fight gravity. It's in the same way that we can't fight certain trends that affect how we play um, and trade in this game. So um, I'm interested in knowing um, before you guys, I mean, before we move on into the show deeper, for those who are tuned in, what trends affect the way that you're actually creating or selling your product today to the market? Our lines are open. We're also on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF, and we are on um, Instagram and Facebook at Fashion Lab Africa. Um, and before I introduce our special guests today, <laughs> we are joined by Mora Stein, who's our internationally accredited beauty consultant slash makeup artist, who will be glamming up this show, but also sharing um, in this very um, interesting topic today. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you so much, Liz. <laughs> Thank you. Or should you be welcoming me? <laughs> I should be welcoming you, actually, Madame on the beach. <laughs> so, Liz, and I'm very... No, 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 no. That, that's my question to you, actually, because I want to know what you're wearing. My, my outfit's boring. I want to know what you're wearing. <laughs> um, like, I normally encourage Edgy and the others to be creative. I am wearing... <laughs> A white dress. <laughs> okay, and with a swim with a swimsuit under. Mora, God, just hold it there. I'm wearing a white dress that I threw on because I just ran quick here to make it to this beautiful show, and I've got a little swimsuit under. And I'll finish the rest in November. So let's just <laughs> keep up there. What are you wearing, and what's inspiring your look today? So um, I'm <laughs> just wearing a really simple um, black tank top. Um, with a beautiful little floral um, high-waisted skirt and a nice little, um, it's a lot of people aren't going to like me for this, but it is um, a buckskin little belt, very, very cute, and a cute little black sandal. And just keeping it really simple today, it is staunching hot in Johannesburg in South Africa today. <laughs> so it's really um, just to cover up what needs to be covered and, and off we go because it is just so hot here. <laughs> I have a feeling we should be trading places, but you know what? Let's just leave it on that tip um, and that note. And I'm going to run, um, jump over uh, straight to Edgy as well, who is also joining us on today's show, as usual, with his echoes from New York. Edgy runs NU New York, which is a fashion services company based in New York, the sources services to fashion houses and brands. Uh, welcome to the show, Edgy. And what are you wearing? Hi, Liz. Hi, Morag. Hi, Edgy. Hi. 
I well, there's a thick layer of snow outside my window, <laughs> so I'm wearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that I'm laughing, but it is really funny. <laughs> I know, I know you are hot. We are, we are cold. Yeah, we are, we are, we are hot as well. We are like 30 degrees beyond, and it's it's 7:10 p.m. here. Wow. But oh man. What are you wearing, Edgy? You didn't really answer. Besides what your windows wearing, what are you wearing, you yourself? Well, I'm wearing a very thick Vermonti sweater over blue jeans. It's it's it just wearing it actually just feels good because I saw my window. It's outside outside of my window. It's pretty scary. Please, please the don't go outside the to the scary parts of New York City. <laughs> I would. It's cold uh, everywhere, really. All right, all right, guys. Well, it's it's so nice to have. It's also nice, like, what we love or what I get excited about is technology, besides globalization. I think global is out of my top ten, and then technology is the second. But I love the fact that we can be in different places and still chat and still share and, um, and you know, and, and just run the show and share our experiences and our ideas around our different so for those who are tuned in for the first time just a quick reminder uh, my favorite segment at the end of the show is called who would you want to dress and why so feel free to share with us your who's and your why's because that is our red glass of wine now keep your tweets coming we're at fashion lab af on twitter share with us your thoughts i'm very interested in knowing what you actually think uh, is influence affecting the way that you trade as a fashion brand today, as a fashion business owner or entrepreneur in whatever aspect it is. Today, current trends that now have to not necessarily just affect, but dictate how we do business today. Now, allow me to just jump into our topic for the day. Our special guests are the same ones I just <laughs> we just introduced and shared with. So today, Morag is going to be a special guest. Edge is going to be a special guest. And I... I will be a special guest. So we hey. are all going to get this and you will be a special guest as well. And you and you and you. Um, now, defining trends nowadays is not really easy. It's, I mean, trends are in essence very complex mechanisms that mirror changes in the economic and political landscapes. Now, according to an article I came across uh, by Lu Luciana Zegaunu on um, notjustalabel.com, she says fashion itself is a reflection of social, economic, political, and cultural changes. It expresses modernity, symbolizing the spirit of times. Now, in this context, according to her, it's essential to mention that the trend is not what it used to be. And many savvy consumers now follow their own fashion rules inspired by what they see on fashion animated streets and the Internet and the live streamed fashion shows that have become a staple channel for fashion lovers. Um, nonetheless, we also agree that trends are still analyzed and followed by many consumers and manufacturers who also use them as a way of establishing an order in the chaotic world of fashion. Now, I'm going to do something very interesting. We're going to touch base on a couple of different, um, what I believe would be uh, sort of factors that actually influence the way that we have to respond to what's happening in the world to be able to also make sure that when we create uh, or when you create a collection or you create a fashion story whatever it is that you're creating you actually are aware of what's happening and you're able to also incorporate that 
um, into your stories. So the first thing I want to touch on, and we're going to all talk, and, and I'm also going to get uh, your feedback, Edgy, and I'm also going to get Moran's feedback, is I just want to talk about trend analysis based on trend conscience. Mm. And um, trend analysts like Nicola Cooper, who are still in business along with forecasting companies who predict what we will sell in the future, uh, are using, like, you know, basically constantly chasing the Nicolas and whoever else to find out what is it that they need to tap into to be able to make sure they actually sell and make sure that as they introduce their designs, especially from a fast fashion perspective, their designs can be more commercially viable and obviously also make sure that they sell. Otherwise, what's the point of being in business? Now, in Africa, very few brands make use of trend analysts. And I think this is the truth. Even for me, myself, I have to, when I was coming up and, and you know, going through this topic before the show today, I just thought, wow, this is actually very interesting. Like how many brands in the continent actually rely on trend analysts or forecasting companies to help them strategically hit the math right, you know? And it's interesting also to know that even though it's not much from Africa and I couldn't find much uh, information recorded, um, people are still in business. Businesses are still in business here. So I want to also just maybe pick your mind, Edgy, and then also Morag, on why do we think African brands and fashion houses are not really taking advantage of trend analysis? Because we, we are in business, we are borderless, more borderless than we've ever been in this world today. And, you know, fast fashion also to me is a, has played a big role in changing the name of the game and how we operate. So if I'm operating as a brand in this continent today, not having any sort of reference when it comes to trends, not pension, don't have a trend analyst who can help me. I don't have a trend uh, or forecasting company who can also guide me. But I'm in business and I'm in the world and I'm selling in this world and playing in this game where it's like a monster of monsters. What what What's your feedback on this, Edgy? And then also I'd love to hear from you, Morag, even from a cosmetic perspective as well. Well, um, I think trends, uh, trends are so relevant, you know. I, I think in Africa... One of the problems we have is, um, I think it's just our level of competition in the global fashion market. I mean, trends are a, f a function of competition. If you're if you're competing on the on the global scene, competing in terms of, you know, whatever is happening in the industry, whether it's changes in fashion technology, changes in shapes and silhouettes, and um, like all all the social things, because fashion now is not just about clothes. It's a big lobby group. I mean, politically, we have we have our own messages, and socially, we have our own messages. I think a part of part of all of these things that set up the, the trends, you know, the the informed trends. So, but you're not going to be informed by these trends if they are not a factor in your life, you know. So it, they won't change how you design. Uh, how you source your fabrics, any consciousness that's out there, because you're not competing with this consciousness. We're not competing with these social uh, issues. Uh, we're just competing mostly in a bubble in in, in Africa. But um, as soon as we're able to align ourselves 
uh, with the overall, with the market? Because now, okay, our seasons don't align much, you know? Mm. So uh, yeah. since our seasons don't align, align much, we're not competing so head-on with the outside market. And I think we do have to make those alignments purposely because it, it allows us to compete. You know, we need to be able to show outside uh, in those seasons and catch wind of what's going on. Mm. I, I think for me, that is the big, that's the big factor where we're not competitive, um, why, why we're not so adaptive to trends because we're not competing in their market space. We're not. Um, we, yeah, Edgy, before, before Mora comes in, I just want to also respond to you and say that, and that's the reason I mentioned that not many, is because mm. last year, I remember before SA Fashion Week, we literally had a presentation from the, you know, so a WGSN presentation to also be able to guide people on, which I still think is, is better than nothing, you know, meaning that if maybe it could be that maybe the trend analysts are maybe too expensive mm -hmm. or the market and the market cannot afford it, looking at all the other costs maybe, uh, including the forecasting companies, then WGSN is still quite a good platform or guide to be able to help uh, a brand who's developing product from the continent. And I mean, obviously, mm. it's a global thing, but from the continent to be able to rub onto it. So what happened is I remember last year, um, SA Fashion Week uh, actually got um, sort of workshop. And I wasn't there again because I was somewhere, but I can't remember what happened. All I know is that I sent one of my representatives as well to go in and you had to pay a small little fee, which was still quite reasonable, but it gave you access to a lot so that by the time you get onto your drawing board, when it comes to your mm -hmm. stories that you want to tell through the season or through the next year, that you'd actually be aware of what's happening in the world from color palettes to whatever else it was. So I still feel that WGSN is online, the world is online, and I feel like uh, SA Fashion Week were good for being able to push something out like that that could also be able to sensitize other brands that might not be able, you know, there's brands that not don't spend enough time online to be able to know yeah. that there's other ways of finding out what's going on and aligning yourself uh, to you know, to kind of like the same storyline of what's going on globally so you can win globally. But I just want to say that it's not not happening. The Nigerian market, I feel, is also a market that I haven't really... Um, I don't really know what's happening from a lot of angles. And like I said, uh, what normally happens is it's hard to find certain... Uh, when I when I spend time looking, um, you know, when I'm doing my research, it's not a lot mm. of stuff documented when it comes to where the Nigerian market is, where the Kenyan market is. Let's just say generally the continent may be growing in a way that we don't know, but it's not, I don't know. I, I think, <sighs> I think, I think that, on, that the lack of documentation also just shows you you know, fashion is a big window. We're not looking through it. You know, we've got to look through it and see what's going on outside. That's that when we are competing, definitely our, our comp uh, that is documented. Our relevance is documented once we compete. Mm. But our seasons, we do need some alignment in our seasons. We need to force ourselves to align because it teaches you a lot. If you once you're competing outside, you 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 see where the shapes are. You see where the the textile tech is, um, it, 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 you see the trends. The trends are like your big, your big uh, 
um, market driver. They really are. Like aligning to the trends is important. Yeah, but but actually, let's also just remember that in the continent, besides South Africa and besides Northern Africa, which is Tunisia, Morocco, um, Egypt, whatever. You don't have seasons, really. It's just hot. <laughs> so please, no, that's what I'm while, you're also, while we are wishfully thinking that... You know what? Um, can I just chip in? Yes. So I must say, Liz, I, I tend to agree with Edgy. You know, even, um, even from a makeup or a cosmetic point of view, the, the sooner that yeah. Africa gets in line with what is happening internationally as far as seasons go the easier it's going to be for the, the African fashion market to just get with it, if that makes any sense. And, yes. you know, um, I understand that it's hot. I mean, if I think of even wearing a sweater today, I want to die, you know. But um, it's something, and I also think that it, it challenges those designers in that, you know, in that warm city or, you know, whether it be Egypt or wherever, um, it actually challenges them to do a winter collection, you know. I mean, who's to say that, you know, Beyonce won't be shipping in their latest winter collection, you know. So I think um, as far as a designer or, or that whole international right. trend thing goes, we, we all need to be on the same page in order to move forward together as a fashion industry worldwide. Mm. Now, okay. So now, Mara, what I was going to say to you, and I'd also love to pick your brain on, you know that also from a beauty cosmetic um, angle, it's not as, there's not so much pressure when it comes to keeping up with wild trends when when I look at cosmetics and I look at fashion when it comes to clothing and the garments, I feel like you can get away with more than than the other side of of, of the fence can yeah. get away with. So what I noticed with you, for example, like last, and I'm only using these references because Fashion mm -hmm. Week is just about the just around the corner, but it's not here yet, so we can talk about what has happened in the past. I remember you coming up with, I feel like you're always ahead of the game. Is it, the question becomes, is it that people just not, within your industry, not trying to keep up with the global trends and not paying attention to the fact that the borders have become no borders, um, you know, everything's getting so borderless and therefore competition around from a global perspective is much more easier. Opportunities are much more easier to exploit um, today. You don't have to stay or, or be stuck in the sense that you're a makeup artist from South Africa, based in South Africa. You could be playing anywhere in the world right now because you're aware of what's happening. Do you feel like the African fashion industry also maybe confines you into a space where you even though you want to express because you're aware and you're conscious enough of what's happening from a global trend perspective that you cannot lose. At the end of the day, if you move into a platform and they say this is what they want, even if it's two seasons behind, you're yeah. working. Yeah. What? Tell me. Tell, yeah. Talk to me. Talk to us about that. Um. You know what I think is that it it really differs from person to person, um, you're either going to be a go-getter or you're not. And I speak from experience. There was a stage 
um, it was about five years ago in my career where I was like, is this really the right thing for me? And the only reason why is because I was stuck in a hole, you know, and I wasn't doing the necessary research. I was just doing my own thing, you know, living in my own little world, painting people's faces. Yay, you know, this is the way forward. Um, so I think, you know, it really takes, are you going to be that makeup artist or that beauty consultant or even the fashion designer who is going to say, okay, what is my next challenge? You know, where to now I've reached my peak in whatever the situation is way to now who is my competition it doesn't necessarily have to be in South Africa you know so I've always been you know um looking at trends what's happening on the runways um overseas you know compared to here and yes it is very different you know um I know when we had I think when we had Leon in the studio he was chatting about how um you know just let's just talk about an SA Fashion Week or a Mercedes Benz Fashion Week in Joburg or Cape Town, um, where I just feel that sometimes, with especially makeup trends, South Africa is two or three seasons behind, you know, and I still see looks that are being done now, and I think, but I, I did this on a runway five years ago or I've done this on a runway four years ago so I just feel as far as an artist's point goes that there's no challenge to the artist being backstage and saying okay here's your makeup look you know if I'm looking at makeup that's happening on the Prague runway at the moment I mean that makeup is exquisite and I almost think like gosh would I be able to do that but now that's my challenge to go and actually you know hook up a photo shoot and let me try and do that makeup you know take inspiration from it and actually do it and then getting back to the actual trend forecasting um, with makeup and that and it really, I always love to look at what celebrities are doing because I feel that especially in your Hollywood sections, especially in your Bollywood, um, you know, sections, what are the celebrities doing makeup wise? Because I feel that they also have a lot of pull in the industry. But then again, what are the designers doing? So if you look at for instance, um, designers who are doing a boho trend, obviously they're going to be looking at and influencing a makeup look, for instance. So for your 2017 um, a term, mermaid eyes are very in, and this is really um, a very white eye, if I can say that. Um, so for a white skin, it would be very pale on the skin, and then for a darker skin, almost a nude eye. And it's actually a trend, and that comes from the your psychedelic um, hippie movement, and it's actually called mermaid eyes. I mean, who would think of things like this, you know? And I just feel like, have we heard that in Africa? No, we haven't, because... No one is actually doing these trend forecasts and no one is inspiring artists, you know, um, in South Africa to a point where they're saying, okay, why don't you create the next trend, you know, in South Africa? But once again, I also feel that, and, and I speak from experience once again, that being backstage, it's almost like you're competing with an ego side and not necessarily with the artist side, if that makes any sense. I'm not going to elaborate mm -hmm. into that. I might get into a yeah. lot of trouble and uh, get a whipping from that. But what I'm saying is that there's no, and once again, it comes back to, you will not get into trouble. It comes back. You, don't, to, you will not get into trouble because guess who's your bodyguard? Your bodyguard <laughs> is edgy and Liz. So we, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So I mean, what I'm basically Listen, what saying is that, yeah. you know, the, the, 
I find that in South Africa on a backstage, whether it be your key makeup artist or the team that you're working with, I find that one always wants to be better than the other. Instead of just saying, you know what, we're a team, this is the makeup look, but let's change the makeup look and let's challenge each other to do better. You know, so it's almost become, oh, I want to be better than you instead of actually saying, is this the best look for this designer and for this show? Mm. Mark, I want to just um, respond to you mm. and, and also just kind of make a comment as well. Is one of the things I always say is I've always grown. I grew up and my parents taught me and and really brought that in my life to yeah. say that if you don't like something, yeah, do something about it. Because yeah. unfortunately, we live in a play, in a world where. People can sit down and be upset and make make noise about things. And the thing is, the difference between you and them is that you're doing what you need to do yeah. to make a difference. Okay. So for me, one of the things I've always said is we have to pay attention and it's called responsibility. I think Fashion Lab is a responsibility. Nobody has to be at Fashion Lab, but I'm at Fashion Lab, you're at Fashion Lab, Edge is at Fashion Lab. Not because we don't have things to do, but because we want to talk about um, issues that we feel affect the industries that we are in. We are in the industry, we are the industry as well. Yeah. Uh, And find a way to be able to create some sort of solution or some sort of uh, conversations that would be able to steer us ahead when it comes with them so we can grow, so we can develop, so we can move on to be better businesses, better brands. Mm. So my thing is when I look at the way the process works, so with Fashion Weeks, most of Africa do the same yeah. and obviously internationally as well, yeah. is that the designers are given a mood board, I mean, given the opportunity. So you're given as, as a designer, you're given the opportunity to choose which which uh, hair, which makeup, send them a makeup a mood board, send them a hair mood board, send them makeup yeah. mood board, send them, because at the end of the day, I wouldn't even blame the organization. I will actually blame the designers because they're so busy working on their collections and then they forget that their attention is in the detail, in the, de- in, like, their attention is in the detail that they're not paying attention to because your story, like we all say, is never complete unless... Your makeup, your hair, your there's all of these things, the yin, the yang, the yin yes, and the yang yes. again. You know? Yes. So I feel like what happens most of the time is I'm one of those designers who when I submit my hair board or my makeup board, they're like, My God, is this girl going to like Timbuktu or where is she going? But my thing is it's so detailed and it has version version one, version two, version three. Mm. Meaning that if you can do version one, please do two. And if you can't do two, I've given you a third one. Meaning yes. you have three options. To give me the look so I can finish my story through what, what it is. People don't send... Um, between me, you, and Edgy, now we're talking and we're talking to the world from Africa. Yeah. We do not pay attention as brands to the detail. No, 100%. And what happens is when Morag... Yeah, when Morag, who's the makeup artist who's working at Fashion Week, blah, blah, receives... The moon ball, she's probably got one or two. Then what happens is Morag has to then desi- decide or someone in the, one of the decision makers has to decide that because the people haven't sent their stuff in, you then create a look for them. But then people are not spending enough time researching to say what's actually going on in the world so that if Sean, yeah. Peter, Anyango and Mwangi do not send their stuff on time, then we can be able to give them a look, but give them a look that is very, that is on trend. very... 
you know, and uh, <laughs> I want to freak more, out, Liz, you know. Connection. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I Liz, I mean, we've worked on shoots together. I've worked on a shoot with you. We've sat and done mood boards together. And of course, it has to be on trend. And I also feel that, yes, as much as it's the designer's responsibility to send that stuff through, I also... I'm going to stand and say that it is also the key makeup artist's responsibility because the designer, remember, all you're doing as the key artist is creating looks for the shows. That's it. Whereas the designer is creating a whole clothing collection, you know, creating, sorting models, picking models, etc. So for me, it's more so to say, okay, you know, Tom hasn't sent in his... um you, you know, the looks that he wants. So let me see, you know, let me as the key artist go and do some research or give someone on my team, go and do some research about this designer and let's see what's going to work for Tom. That is what I feel is the key makeup artist's responsibility, whether or not you've received a mood board. And do stuff that's on trend. Create a trend. Don't do something that's been done four <laughs> years ago because that's the easy way out. Listen, and I can tell you now that, again, at SA Fashion Week, coming up in two weeks' time, we're going to see a red lip and a smoky eye. And I'm just like, what, again, for five years? <laughs> No. Bora? No. Bora, hold on a minute and Edgy, just hold your horses. I'm, I'm coming to you with a second point and we're going to touch on um, everything again. Now, another thing that I feel or a trend that I feel is also affecting the way we create, sell, and consume fashion is generally just the fast fashion um, way of fashion. So I feel by utilizing information and communication technologies to, you know, different uh, sort of uh, platforms or ways, yes. I feel like the fast fashion has literally taken over the world. Their fast fashion brands are in the best position to respond to changing trends quicker than ever. So what happens is, and I'll give an example, how does a brand that's looking to offer the consumer a higher quality product at a slightly higher price with a longer lifespan compete with this quick turnover of fast fashion that doesn't benefit the consumer who is constantly buying and buying and buying. Do you know what fast fashion does? Because I'm also, as much as I am not fashion, I am style, I know that when I buy anything from, I will not mention the brands because we're not killing brands. We're just talking generally about what we feel is affecting the way that we, uh, you know, we run our brand, our businesses today and, and how we have to actually step up our game is you've got places where Morag, Edgy, you will buy something and you buy it and in like two days you want to buy for four more from the same store. Yes. That's fast fashion because what happens is it's not really giving you the high that you need because we know that you are a style lover. We know that you represent, we know that you're a stylish whoever you are. But the truth is you go, you buy it at a slightly lower price, not slightly, you actually buy it at a lower price, let's mm -hmm. just say that. Mm-hmm. And it does not have a long lifespan. And it does not give you a high. It, it gives you a high instantly. Yes. But in like a few, in a week or two, you're, 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 you need something else. So what happens is that is who we are competing with. And that's why the reason I'm explaining it this way is because yeah. I thought, how a way to explain it? You buy it on Tuesday, you will want to buy it on Thursday again and Saturday. But those are three Three, put the three dresses in and then think about buying from a different brand who will give you quality 
it'll be at a higher price, but, but you will love your garment. I promise you, you'll have holes on it. You'll be like, where are we going to remix? Hi, Liz, do you recycle? Yeah, we recycle. Okay, bring, bring. Mm -hmm. So I feel like because of fast fashion we've lost, and I'm not mad at it. It is what is happening. We just need to be aware of it, conscious about it, and then understand as a brand how you then compete in the market yeah. and what you do, what you lose, what you gain, because you still have to be able to offer your story in the way that you intended to offer in the beginning. So while fast fashion retailers offer cheaper versions of high-end trends in their stores in two seconds, it seems that luxury retailers are learning from fast fashion companies too. So what they do, so a, a lot of luxury retailers and now and retail brands are also hiring a lot of newbies to be able to come in and bring in a fresh feel. Um, but at the end of the day, fast fashion is fast fashion. So I'll give you guys an example. I'm in Phuket right now. And I promise you, I've even stopped. I, I have my beautiful Louis clutch, but I'm not even going to carry my Louis Vuitton clutch anymore because it actually looks cheap on the streets of Phuket. Because guess why? Mm, there's a hundred the situation here is disgusting. Yes, it is disgusting. Mm. It's And now everyone look at you and think, where did you get the gray one? I'm like, oh God, not, I didn't get that here. But, you know, they are ripping off and they are selling like nobody's business. So... The reason I want to get Edgy's feedback, Edgy, I want to get your feedback and I want to get Morag's feedback as well. Morag, I'm going to, I, I would like you to touch more on the fast fashion from a cosmetic perspective yeah. when it comes to cosmetic offering because even here in the streets of Phuket, I'm looking at all these cosmetic stalls. Mm, all the and naked I'm like, what palettes, is all the, sh the Chantal, I, I call it Ch Chanel, Chantal. All the gaki. Chantel, <laughs> 50 baht for lipstick that's yeah. going on your lips is like about three, two dollars. Yeah. Like, what are you do? Okay, so Edgy, um, just give me your feedback or share with us some of your thoughts around what I'm just talking about right now because I feel like fast fashion is something that is actually affecting the way that we do business and we have to be conscious about it. And it's a trend and we have to respond but you have to find a way to respond in a way that will also enable your business. Talk to me, Edgy. Talk to us. I think I think we have to look at it in perspective. You know, fast fashion is is here to serve. It does have its it, it serves its purposes. You know, um, a lot of it. You have to think of how it actually just started. I mean, by 2008, when the market was so depressed and everybody came down, fast fashion was there to to give people quality. And it, it also, it also, uh, by, by a lot of people descending downstairs, like migrating downwards, you know, they, they brought with them a lot of demands in terms of quality. And fast fashion has been trying to meet that, 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 that demand. So, you know, fast fashion is trying to equate value, uh, I mean, to create value in the market. I'm not totally in support of it, but as a designer, uh, you have to look at what does it catalyze in, in you? I mean, what does it make you, how does it change your, your thinking uh, uh, towards your business, you know? How fast are your reactions to trends? Because what fast fashion does well is react to trends really well. Um, they, they catch a whiff of it, they hop, they hop on it, and it's in the store really quickly. How do you beat that? Um, you know, it's it's how... What does it What does it create in your head in terms of how you redirect your business, how you repurpose? So it does have its 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 um its good sides. 
I do understand that it is very difficult for, for designers who have worked so hard to create a product and then it's, it's out there flying everywhere and you have no control. Like right now, right now, Nike worked so hard to come up with this hijab uh, for, mm -hmm. for the sports women, uh, you know, for, mm. for, you know, and I can assure you uh, that M Nike will put that in, in, Nike will start selling it next fall. But, you know, a lot of people are going to catch up on it and try and sell it before then in, in, in the fast fashion space. And that's, that's, that's hurtful. But as it's a designer, happen. you have to think about mm -hmm. it. Yeah, as a designer, you have to. It's, you can fight it, but also you have to think of, of it like how do you fight it in a way that makes you money, in a way that makes you, uh, moves you forward. Yeah, I'm, wow. I mean, that's my take. You can't fight it. You just have to find a way. Yeah, to, like a, it's, it's yeah. like gravity. When you're falling, you're falling. Morag, give yeah. us your two cents on, like, I don't know how people still sell cos cosmetics for $2 and a dollar. Mm. That's very bad. But what is in that cosmetic? Anyway, talk to me about that. Because, like I said, there are Chantal's and whatever else on yeah. the street. And so, I mean, we, we've spoken about the, the counterfeit uh, makeup, you know, and the dangers of it. I'm not going to go into that because, I mean, we all know that it's ridiculous to put a $1 lipstick, uh, a $1 um, <laughs> Dior lipstick on your lips. Let's put it that way because we all know it doesn't cost $1. Um but you know, the, more so, and I'm, I'm gonna use, um, Liz, I love the explanation that you gave also for our listeners, just to put it in simple terms. Um, you know, I mean, if we talk about fast fashion, we know what, what you, what you mean, you know? Um, but I'm just gonna put it into simple terms and into makeup terms. So last night I hosted, um, a masterclass for the corporate women and all of the women didn't know how to do makeup. Okay. So I know this sounds scary. You'd think that, you know, women in their 30s and 40s and 50s would know how to do their makeup, but they don't. And, you know, it's the same thing. So it's like a fast fashion with makeup is that they walk into, you know, a, a pharmaceutical store, whatever, or the retail store, and they see a nice pink lipstick and off they buy it. Oh, we like this. Let's buy it in every color. And, you know, before you know it, you've got so much junk in your makeup bag and you've just bought and bought and bought where... Had you have saved that money that you've bought, you know, on the cheaper cosmetics and just invested in a Estee Lauder um, foundation or a Dior foundation that's excellent, you know, that would last you a year, it makes so much sense. So that's why I say is you're always going to have that, you know, that cheaper market coming in and taking out but it's all about investing in yourself. And only once I explained it to these women last night, did they think, oh, my God, we've spent so much money buying crap when we actually could have just saved that, you know, 5,000 Rand, $500, and actually just gone out and bought amazing, good quality makeup that's going to last us a lifetime. So... Once again, I have to agree with Edgy. You're always going to get it out there, but it's all about self-investment at the end of the day. And, you know, it's, it's the same as saying I would never wear pleather, you know, just because I'm like, I don't wear pleather because I would rather invest in a genuine leather bag or a genuine leather jacket. And it's once again, it comes down to the person and the actual investment in self. Okay. Wow, guys, we can. Go on and on here. 
Uh, for those of you who are tuned in, we are on Passion Labe app on Twitter. It'd be interesting to also hear your take on some of the factors that you feel are really influencing the name of the game today. And uh, obviously those factors could be whether it's environmental, whether it's uh, political, whether it's just fashion trends, whether it's landscape trends, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. So keep your tweets coming. Um, on the third point that I thought was so important, that I believe uh, is a trend, whether we love it or not, um, that also is affecting the way that not just we sell fashion, but the way that consumers also consume. Uh, in this world today, brands have to adapt to the values of sustainability, transparency, authenticity if they're going to engage. And I call it engaging in the new generation of buyers who demand sustainability and transparency on a large scale. Now, consumers want to know who made it, what materials were used, the ethics around your way of trading as a brand. And that is why you cannot just create fashion in your bubble. So there are obviously so many factors to consider from an ethical way of how you build your brand, which will also affect your final final collection. Obviously, it will also affect your target market. It will affect your profits based on sales and finally your brand cred. Now, according to Dana O'Rourke in a recent report on transforming the apparel industry from Ashoka and CNA Foundation, most people don't have any idea that their clothing is often coated with chemicals that may have a sig significant impact on human health and the environment. And I still also I agree and I believe it was only until the tragedy of the Rana Plaza that lots of consumers started questioning, where is my dress made from? Where is my shirt manufactured and how? So again, to you, Edgy and then Morag on your side of the mm. world, how is the conscious consumer affecting the way that we have to create as brands. Because again, when we talk, Edgy, about um, trends, I've, I feel like this is something to also consider because this is a trend. And the consumer has really changed and evolved through the years and they want something and they want to know. What, what, what's, what do you feel is happening? Do you feel that Africa is, does Africa actually care? And does the con consumer in the continent actually care where the clothes are made, or is it that it's too much of a headache to also make sure that there's food for papi, chocho, and whoever <laughs> on the table, and therefore whatever comes is whatever we buy. $2, $3, let's go, or what? Like, what is it? Well, I, to be honest with you, I think as a designer, you have a responsibility. And I think fashion itself has its own responsibilities. And trends, believe it or not, are this little window that shows you, when you look at it, when you look through it, it tells you where, what fashion is thinking, uh, where we want to go. And so if you, if, you, if you let the trends educate you, then you will see that, you know, you just can't be aloof and say, oh, well, I, I want to put food on the table. Of course you want to put food on the table, but being on trend allows you to succeed, you know, and that puts, that's what really puts food on the table for you. But you have to take the responsibility as a designer in Africa to, to be relevant. And relevance it means uh, paying attention to trends. It, it, it will help the industry grow. Let's say that in Africa, we, okay, so nobody checks the dyes, like what they are using, what they are, how the dyes are even made. And then you're putting these clothes on kids and it rains and the kids are swallowing, biting on their clothes or whatever. Even when it's not raining, kids always chew on everything. But here, 
here to sell something for club, for kids, it's got to pass a test, like a diet test, all kinds of tests to make sure that there's nothing harmful in, in, in making those fabrics. Like you were talking about fabrics being coated with all kinds of stuff. So that's the trend, though. That's listening to trends. It educates you what's, what's, what's going on. And it, it's actually healthy for for the for, Edgy, for Edgy, before, before yeah before we Mark before we come to you mm. Edgy, do you also understand that and believe that <laughs> brother you better believe this one as long as you have a market that's consuming from you meaning that if you're not educated or you choose mm. not to be educated and informed enough to inform your market meaning your mm. consumer that if your consumer is not informed, they will continue to consume. And what is business? You think that if you're making uh, 300% uh, profit sales uh, on a monthly basis that you'll be questioning, hi, Fatumata, let me tell you, uh, yeah, let me show you. Fatumata does not care. So do you also believe that the responsibility when it comes to going greener and being a bit more conscious uh, when it comes to what type of fabrics and what sort of um, where your brand is made, the the ethics around the business or the brand that's working on your pieces, do you not believe that that's also an? It's called the information. While we while people are still getting, let me tell you what shocked me in the continent. And as much as I'm a continent, I'm an Africanist. I'm a Pan Africanist. I'm an African child. People are still getting sensitized on HIV AIDS. Please tell me that you think they had gone through some workshop through the continent saying, hi, guys. So today we are going to be running this. Now, quickly, we are going to be going through, number one, we will be going through um, ethical fashion and what it means. Do you really think that's happening? Well, maybe it's And if Patumata needs clothes for her children, her five children plus her grandma and whoever else, what do you really think is happening? And I know that there is two faces, I mean, not two faces, there's different levels of consumership in the continent and everywhere else in the world. But is Fatumata in the corner there thinking, mm, let me see the label, what label is a Goombo was specially made for you? Mm, <laughs> no, Liz. I think it's, I think it's a trickle down thing. I, I think it's, 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 it's just a trickle down. I, I mean, if at the top, if, if at the top we take responsibility to care, to follow the trends in, in, in fabrics, in textiles, in, in the new consciousness that has actually, fashion has aligned itself so much, so well with the environment. If we, at, 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 in the middle of it, we who are, who are working in it at, at maybe a slightly higher level can adopt those policies, can scare a little bit, that would trickle down, though. The product is safer, mm. of course. The consumer may not know, but you take the responsibility because that's okay. the trend. On their you know? behalf. Yeah, mm. because it's the what, trend, mm. you know, the trend of thoughts. Morag, what's your thoughts on this? You know what? Um, once again, it, it is going to trickle down, and I think that it's up to the the individual to make that change. So are you going to be the person who is going to buy ethically correct clothing or clothing that is safe to the environment? You know, and the same goes with cosmetics. Are you going to be the person who buys cosmetics that doesn't test on animals? Um, are you going to be the person who doesn't use harsh chemicals 
to remove your nail lacquer. You know what I'm saying? So it's, are you that, I think it's, are you that person or not? And if you are, it cannot be half-heartedly. So you can't one day say, oh, today I'm wearing a vegan-friendly, I don't know, jean or something, you know? Um, and then the next day you're eating beef, you know what I mean? So it really needs to be... Um, and once again, for me, it's it's a lifestyle. So, um, you know, are you that that person who is going green? Are you that person who is looking at the environment and wearing um, sus- sustainable fashion and pieces that are made, you know, say customly for you? And are you that person mm. that is walking into a Lush Cosmetics shop and buying all natural products to use on your body, in your hair, as makeup, etc. So, you know what I mean? It, it cannot be half-heartedly. It's like you cannot go to the gym and then afterwards eat a carrot cake, you know? So it, it's all about balance. And I think as the individual, um, the fashion designer or the consumer needs to decide, you know, am I going to be the person to make the change in X, Y, and Z? Guys, I want to go to my fourth uh, point. We've got five points, but based on time that will allow. I want to talk about politics and how it's affecting the fashion industry and global trade. Now, when it comes down to it, there isn't much overlap between politics and fashion. But one area in which world leaders can impact the industry is through their international trade and economic policies. Anyone wants to talk about Brexit? Uh, between Morag and Edgy, I'm happy to get you to just kind of throw your two cents. Obviously, for Brexit, when there's still little agreement on how the UK will leave this 28-nation trading block, mm. Bernadette Kissain, who's an apparel and footwear analyst at Euromonitor, states that if hard Brexit was to take place, then the effects immediately on the global fashion industry would be further devaluation of the British pound and economic uncertainty that would actually follow. So most likely resulting in lower domestic consumer confidence, which in turn will definitely hurt that UK retail sector. On the flip side, President Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. surely, Mm -hmm. who has not been exactly a very uh, proponent. (laughs) He's not been a proponent of global trade. And I don't want to go into politics because this is not a political show but it also affects fashion and the fashion industry at large two cents on on, on Mara give me your two cents and Edgy give me your two cents on what's going to happen with all these things happening in the world today from a political perspective they're obviously hurting the industry or affecting it in one way or the other but I feel like more than elevating it I think it's more like Mm. I think for me, I think for me, Liz, in, in the industry, um, you know, in the, in the beauty industry as such is that, I, I'm, to be honest, I don't want to sound, um, blase about anything, but it's really not going to affect my industry that much. <laughs> yes, maybe the fashion side of it, but at the end of the day, people are getting married every day. You know, there's photo shoots happening every day. So, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm not interested, but I, I mean, I'm really not interested in politics. But um, at the end of the day, it's it's really not going to affect me so much and my industry, the beauty industry. You're still going to get your shakes coming for massages. You're still going to get your ladies buying, you know, your Lameur eye creams for 8,000 rand. So at the end of the day, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to affect the beauty industry that much to a point where it will affect 
me personally or the other makeup artists or the, a, a beauty consultant personally the fashion industry absolutely and you want your two cents, <laughs> I'm I'm so glad to know that Morag wouldn't need that nuclear bunker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think for on the fashion end, you can you can you can help it. I mean, it, f- fashion is trade. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's commerce. So it's art, but it's also commerce at the heart of it. So it will, be, of of course, any. Any 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 laws that are that get enacted that that hamper trade are going to affect fashion. So it's just to see what what happens, um, how it's how it's executed. I, I wish it never happened, but you know we'll see how it's executed. But again, it's it's commerce. You know, it's going to have some implications for sure. Africa, if you're listening, this is the Fashion Lab. We hold it down here every Thursday, 2 to 3 Central African time. I want to say one more thing. And uh, I've learned a lot from Edgy as well because Edgy knows I'm a hardhead about certain things. And the thing is, he is also a pro in the game. And sometimes I'll have a conversation with him about something and then he'll be like, Liz, but you have to. I'm like, no, I don't have to. And then I end up having to because I'm like, God, it's gravity. If he's falling down, it's falling over. So... I want to say that, um, and I think my advice to the industry who's listening is that there are other fashion trends. There's a lot of trends that happen. It doesn't mean you have to jump on everything. It just means that you have to be aware of it and then decide what works for your business or your brand so that you don't compromise it. Now, these yeah. fashion trends, one last thing before Mora comes on. Mora, you're going to come in for a quick quickie and then we want to dress and then we go. Liz, but, I, I don't want to be rude, but um, I'm already getting signals from Palesa, funny faces, rapping signs. <laughs> we need to keep it quick and short. So I think let's finish up um, talking about this and then Liz, we'll move on to your favorite segment of who we want to dress. Okay, so guys, anything like the mismatched shoes? I don't know who saw that. That started from the catwalk Catalina in September, everything about mismatched shoes. If I see you wearing a red and blue shoe, I will have to beat you. That's all I can say for those who are listening. And I think we just want to go straight <laughs> into who would you want to dress and why. You don't have to do it because it's a trend. Pay attention. But guys, who would you want to dress and why? Morag, let's go with you. Uh, Liz, I would actually love to dress you today. Um, in a in a Karen Ocard um, piece, and I've actually posted some stuff on my Facebook wall. I'm going to be posting exactly what I would like to dress you in. Um, it's really beautiful. It's like a leotard with some beaded work over. It's just the most beautiful piece ever. So I would like to dress you in that today. Wow, guys, that's beautiful. Thank you, Morak. I'm flattered. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? <laughs> I was going to dress Liz. No, you're lying. <laughs> Seriously, I thought about it, but then Morak came up with it. But I'm thinking <laughs> I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. I was going to dress Liz in a nice, flowy duster, like a, one of those cotton dust, nice Batiste dusters for the, for the beach. I'll send you a picture of it. I think we lost Liz. 
Sorry, Liz. You can wrap up. So cool. Um, I just want to say thank you to everyone from South Africa, Edgy from New York, and Liz from Phuket. It was lovely to have you all on the show. We will be posting everything on social media. You can follow us at Fashion Lab. AF on Twitter and Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you and have a beautiful, beautiful week further and weekend. Lots of love and God bless. Thank you. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.